Welcome to Donnacloney Parish Podcast. If you want to know more information about the parish, how to support us, or for other social media, please go to www.donnacloneyparish.co.uk. Thank you. Well, good morning again, and I hope you're enjoying uh, the summer. I hope you're getting a chance to get out and about, uh, get a little bit more fresh air. Uh, this morning, uh, we're going to start a new sermon series uh, that's looking at God's comfort and help in Isaiah 40. And it'd be a great help if you would uh, open up a physical Bible or open up uh, on your mobile phone or your iPad or whatever it is that uh, you're watching and read alongside and study this passage as well as we uh, work with it together uh, this morning. But as we do, let's turn to God, whose word it is, and let's ask him for help as we study his word. Let's pray. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that your word, the Bible, is full of comfort and good news. We ask that you would help us to hear that good news this morning, so it might encourage us and change us, because we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Where is God in the midst of the coronavirus? Uh, We know there's books uh, that are entitled uh, close to that, but there's a lot of people have been asking that, haven't they? In the middle of the coronavirus, where is God? Maybe it's a question you've been asking. Where is God when I've lost my job or my beloved family member? Where is God when I can't get away for that break that I was working towards all of last year and at the start of this year. Why can't I see my friends or bring them into my house? Why can't I go out and socialize as I used to? Why can't I just do the things I used to do? Where is God? What's a question that God's people were asking in this passage in Isaiah's day? As I said, they were in lockdown too, not with coronavirus. They had sinned. They had being taken from their home, being brought to Babylon. They had not listened to God and had gone on the way and they'd been dragged off into exile and they were asking, where are you, God? Look at with me in verse 27 where we can hear them speak. Uh, they say in this passage, why do you complain, O Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Well, as we look back to verse 1 of Isaiah 40, we'll see that God has got words of comfort and strength for his people. He's got good news for them. He's got good news. And do you see how it begins? Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. And the word comfort there isn't about just relaxing. It's not like kicking back and watching Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever you do. The, the word comfort here means new life, new hope. It's, it's a word seeking to persuade the people of Isaiah and uh, the people in exile and us that God means to bring his love, his unfailing love, his new life, his hope, his comfort, us. 
I wonder where you seek your comfort. Maybe it's in a bar of dairy milk or a glass of wine. Maybe it's internet shopping. Maybe it's your phone. But what we need to see here in this passage is real comfort comes from Almighty God. And here we see that God is going to do four amazing things. And the first is this, that God will cover your sins. And to help us understand what God is saying in Isaiah, I want you to imagine, uh, as you'll see in this PowerPoint, me holding this piece of paper. And I want you to imagine that God can only look at white things. He's so holy, so pure, he can only look at pure white things. But our hearts aren't pure. They're full of sinful things because of our sins. Things like pride and impatience and anger and lust. God cannot look at those things because he's holy. But wonderfully, God promises to cover those sins so that he sees them no longer. That's what verse 2 says. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that our hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The exact payment for all of Jerusalem's sins have been paid. And here's the first part of the good news. God will cover your sins, all of them. Well, how's that possible? Well, for Isaiah's readers, they'd have to wait and live another 700 years to get the answer because 700 years later, God came to earth in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Jesus died on the cross, he covered all the sins of all the people who had put their trust in him. And so we see it is through the cross of Jesus that our sin is covered. And we need to see that it's not just a bit of the sin that's covered. It's not just most of the sins that are covered. No, this verse tells us that the exact payment for all of sin is to be made and is made in Christ. I wonder, do you know the comfort of your sins being paid for, being covered, being forgiven, all of them? If you're not a Christian yet, first of all, thank, I want to thank you for joining with us. And I'm glad you're here because at the heart of the Christian message is this wonderful truth that you can have your sins paid for, your guilt taken away, covered, gone. You can know the comfort and joy of that in Christ. It's the first promise. And the second promise is God will come to you. I wonder if you've ever had someone really important come to your school or house or uh, church building. Well, I'm standing just in the gallery here of Holy Trinity in the 12th of June, 1990, not far away from my standing, the Duchess of York came to open the new Warringstown Primary School. Maybe if you want to Google it, you'll, you'll, or you Google and let's uh, search on YouTube, should I say, you'll find the clips of it. Uh, I found them on Facebook. And let me just say a few of you had a few different hairstyles back then. But as the helicopter came down, met by the Lord Lieutenant, the way was made 
for the Duchess of York to leave the dusty playground and to move swiftly into the school. And that's what's happening here in verses 4 and 5. The way is being made for the King of Kings himself. And yet because God is so great and so big, it's not just a helicopter and a Lord Lieutenant that makes the way. Do you see the end of verse 3? He makes straight in the desert a highway for our God. What needs to be made is a new highway running through the desert. And the highway is so big, so huge, that valleys, verse 4, need to be raised up and mountains and hills are made low. The rough ground shall be become level, the rugged places a plain. The valleys will need to be filled in. The mountains will need to be lowered. And when it's made, verse 3, his outriders come on their motorbikes and police cars or helicopters and prepare the way of the Lord. No. One announces, one person comes and announces it. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. And then, when that happens, he comes Verse 5, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And 700 years later, that's exactly what happened. A voice started calling out in the desert. Each of the four Gospels records it. The voice of John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, preparing the way of the Lord. Because when Jesus came to earth, God himself was coming to earth. And wonderfully, what the people around them saw, they wrote down for us. So in John chapter 1, verse 14, if you want to look at it, it says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Just as Isaiah promised, The glory of the Lord was revealed in Jesus, God's Son. You know, we ask the question, where is God in all of this? We need to remember that he is not far from any of us. He is not far away at all. God has come close to us in Jesus. And he stays close to us by the Spirit of Jesus. So the next time you can't sleep or you're waiting for test results or you're waiting for the exam results, remember this. God promises he will come to you. And in Jesus, he has kept that promise. He's not a faraway God. He's close. He's not a God who started this world and just left it to run itself. He is close. But how can we be sure that God will cover our sin? And how can we be sure that God will come close? Well, we can be sure because of the third thing we see in this passage. Look with me at verse 8. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord our God endures forever. God will keep his word. That's great news. The word of God will stand forever. 
What a contrast to us. Just look at verse 6. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The wind, get the grass withers, and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. We're like the grass. We wither, and we will die. We're like flowers that are so beautiful one moment, and then they fade and die. We don't stand forever. And here's a wee test to show you that's true. There's a board uh, just down in here in our church building. And we'll put a wee picture of it up on Facebook, on the PowerPoint, showing all the rectors and vicars of this parish. Lots of names. But how many of us could tell me who was the rector before Chancellor Haddock? Before Josiah Haddock, who was it? John Reginald MacDonald, from 1919 to 1931. And that's less than 100 years ago. Times move on and rectors do as well. And so will we all. But God doesn't. His word stands forever. That's why we can be sure about the word of God. And that's why we need the word of God. I wonder how we're doing in lockdown with our Bibles. Are you reading them? Are you studying them? Are you having your quiet time? Are you still meeting in your prayer groups or your house groups? Even you can't meet face to face. Are you telephoning people? Are you reading God's word? Are you finding those passages that you read in your quiet time and sharing them with others? Are we making church a priority? I, I, I know you're here and you're watching, but are we encouraging others to join with us? Maybe a good thing to do before we head back to church would be maybe watching church together as families or in different groups. Maybe we could join with other families in our parish or maybe families can join together and watch in a bigger group than just their own family. Are we hungry? to know God's, more, God's word more. We need to make those things the most important things of the week. Because when we're reading the Bible, we're investing in eternity. We spend so much of our time in things that will just fade away like the flowers and grass of the fields. And yet God's word will stand forever. And so it's worth doing it because the Bible is full of good news. Did you see it there in verse 9? See that? You bring good news to Zion. Go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem. Lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, Judah, here is your God. It says good news there twice. And all of us need good news now, don't we? It's right here. It's right here. That God will keep his word. The word of God will stand forever. Which leads us to the last 
of the four things that God does in our passage. God will carry you. During this time, uh, a lot of us, including uh, me, may not look it, but I've been trying to get a bit fitter. Walking, haven't been following Joe Wicks, I must admit. But we've even tried to put a couple of pieces of gym equipment in our garage to keep us a bit fitter. And maybe we will emerge from our time stronger and healthier than before. But God has no need of doing PE with Joe Wicks. God has no need of doing gymnasium workouts. Because he is the strongest being in the universe. Look at verse 10. See the sovereign Lord comes with power. And he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. What that means is that, simply put, God is hugely powerful. He's got these huge, strong arms. And look what he does with them. Verse 11. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Do you see how God uses his power and his strength? Do you see how he carries his people? Do you see the strong one is the shepherd? Do you see the arm that rules the world is the same arm that gathers up his people like a shepherd carries his lambs? And notice where God carries them. Close to his heart. <laughs> it's a wonderful picture, isn't it? In verse 11. Gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. Verse 10 tells us of God's great power. Verse 11 tells us of God's great care and love. And we know this to be even more true than the hearers in Isaiah. We know that God eventually did come in, come himself and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus, when he was here, told us that he was the good shepherd. The good shepherd who now carries us close in his arms and gently leads us. Christians, can you see your God? How big he is. And see how he loves to carry you close to his heart. Is that the comfort you need to know this morning? That the arm that rules the world is the same arm that carries his people close to his heart? If you're a Christian, be comforted. God has got you close and he will never let you go. Now, I don't know what this week will bring, but I do know that God will carry me through it. Whatever it is comes my way. I just want to share one last thing at the end of verse 11. He gently leads those that are young. It was great to see a lot of the Sunday school uh, a couple of Sundays ago. But I know that having children in the midst of lockdown, especially, thanks be to the Lord, homeschooling's finished, 
It's hard for parents. It's hard for children. But look, if you've got children, God has a very, very special promise to make to you this morning. Look what it says at the end of verse 11. He gently leads those that have young. Hang on to that great promise as your kids do your head in this summer. God gently leads those that have young. Through the cycle of meal making and clothes washing and cleaning the house and all the other busy jobs that you mums and maybe some of us dads might get round to. Even as we carry the load of family life, God carries us. There's promises here not just for those that have young. Because I know the lockdown has been really, really hard for those who are older. For those who are especially living on their own, who are over 70. Well, you too get a special mention just a few chapters later in Isaiah 46, verse let me read it for you even to your old age and grey hairs I am he I am he who will sustain you I have made you and I will carry you I will sustain you and I will rescue you <laughs> starting to get a few grey hairs myself do you see how God carries not only those who have young, but carries those who are old and everything in between if you are in Christ? And if you're not yet a Christian, I want you to see what's on offer. A God who loves and carries his people. A God who loves and leads his sheep. His people, a good shepherd who never leaves us or will let go of us. A God who holds us close to his heart. May God, grow, may God draw you to himself, even as you listen to my faltering words. And know the comfort of being carried through whatever it is you're carrying today he tends his flock like a shepherd he gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart and these promises to cover our sin to come to us to keep his word to carry us close are wonderful promises wonderful promises but they bring about two big questions that the people of God ask in Isaiah 40 and many ask today does God really have the power to do it and does God have the will to do it in other words is he strong enough and is he good enough well, you're going to have to come back next Sunday and the Sunday after that to find out. But here's a spoiler alert. 
He does. He wonderfully does. And so this morning, I really want you to listen to this. I really want you to get this. God has come to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants to cover our sin. He wants to cover our sin. He wants to cover it with the blood of Jesus. That's why Jesus came. God will keep his word to the end of time for all eternity. God will carry us if we're in Christ. Listen to this again. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. This morning, let's receive God's comfort for ourselves. Let's turn from ourselves in repentance and trust in that good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, and find the comfort that we need in God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word stands forever. You love us and want to comfort us with the comfort only you can bring. And so may we who have heard of your coming now receive through repentance and faith the covering of our sin and the comfort and strength of being carried close to your heart, whether we're young or old. Lord, thank you for these amazing, encouraging, faithful words in these difficult days. And we may, we, may we not only treasure them in our hearts, but respond to them with repentance and faith. And this we ask to the glory of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We're going to look at that one who has got all the power, all the strength, and all the love that you and I need as we sing together, Behold Our God. Thank you for being with us today. We pray that this service has been an encouragement to you, a challenge and a help to build you up in your faith in Christ. We've now ended our church service and we'd be delighted if you can join with us again. Thank you for being with us in Donna Cluny Parish. God bless you.